recorded live. Good evening, everybody. This is Brandon Pemberton, along with my super co-host, Ant Green, and this is Sports Trap Radio on NGSTSports.com via the War Room Sports Podcast Network and Talk Show. We got a big-time show for y'all today. NFL Free Agency opened up today officially at 4 p.m., and here in Philadelphia, we got a lot to talk about. The Philadelphia Eagles, with Chip Kelly being the czar of football operations, having all the power, has done a medley of moves. Today, you know, a few hours ago, we found out that Chip Kelly has traded Nick Foles to the St. Louis Rams for Sam Bradford. Um, you know, some picks are going to be swapped. You know, at first they were saying first-round picks was going to be swapped, meaning that the Eagles would go from 20 to 10. Then Albert Breer of NFL Network said that that wasn't the case. He's still ironing some things out. But, you know, a lot of Eagles fans are confused about that. We obviously know that the Eagles today officially signed Byron Maxwell. They re-signed Brandon Graham. Um, Frank Gore changed his mind about coming here. Um, he you know, decided to sign with the Indianapolis Colts. Trent Cole actually went to the Colts as well. Jeremy Macklin decided not to resign here. Devin McCourty decided not to sign here. Um, and then also, you know, we're going to get into, as far as the Eagles, you know, Stephen A. Smith came out yesterday and said that the moves that Chip Kelly made, you know, he believes they're race-related. Uh, we're definitely going to get into that. And then even Trey Thomas today, you know, came out and said that, you know, some guys on the team feel as though that Chip Kelly is some sort of racist. And then, you know, throughout the NFL, a lot of moves have been made. Have been made. The Saints traded, you know, Jimmy Graham to the Seahawks. Haloti Nada is the replacement in Detroit for uh, Ndamukong Sue. And then Gore, Andre Johnson, and Trent Cole all go to the Colts to join Andrew Luck. Um. Definitely a lot of things to talk about. Definitely a lot of stuff going on in football. And Green, what's going on, bro? Man, nothing, man. I, I, you know, watching this right here, it reminds me of playing man, where you just trading guys and getting guys as if there is not going to be adjustment periods or anything like that for any of these teams that are getting these new guys, man. And I just ain't, I ain't never seen nothing like this right here. I mean, and and I think probably the biggest one to me is Jimmy Graham going to Seattle because, you know, they, they, the Saints just signed him as a tight as a tight got him as a tight end, you know, and so I guess the the thing that's a surprising or or not so much surprising to me, but why go through all that? When you could have traded him last year and you might have been able to get more um, you know, for him. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, like, I honestly don't know. I know that, um, you know, the, the Saints got back as a starting center and Max Unger, and they got a first-round pick. So they actually got a guy that's one of the two or three best centers in the league and a first-round pick. I mean, the conversation isn't bad. I mean, last year with him not, you know, his contract not, you know, being up in the air, they actually would have ended up getting less for him then. So, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
to get a start center with Max Unger's ability and then to be able to get a first-round pick actually ain't that bad of a haul for him. But, I mean, for the, you talk about for the Seahawks, I mean, you got a guy that is an impact player. He can line up outside. He can line up inside. I mean, he's a complete mismatch nightmare. When you talk about two mismatch nightmares at the tight end position, you talk about him and Rob Gronkowski, and now the Seahawks have added a player of Jimmy Graham's caliber um, to their football team. I mean, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, those guys have to be elated right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, for Seattle, it seemed like it just killed two birds with one stone, you know. So you know, it's one of those it's one of those things where you're like, well, we get a we get a better tight end, and you get a guy that you could put out at wide receiver to cause matchup problems. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I mean, Seattle. The the thing about the Seahawks and anybody that's been following the Seahawks, they draft well. They know personnel, so you know they add Graham. You know they're gonna be in a position. I mean, they, anytime the Seahawks draft, they draft well. They add players to the team that's gonna come in and play. They add players with traits that fit their scheme. So, I mean, the Seahawks are are gonna be just fine. The Seahawks are are gonna be just fine. Um, as far as the Eagles. You know, there's been a lot of confusion. I mean, whenever the Eagles made a move over the last week or so, obviously the country realizes how how um, passionate Eagles fans are, how much they follow the team, and how they're going to react. Um, the Eagles traded Nick Foles to the to the Rams, and during I think it was Shrine Bowl week at some time in January, this trade was discussed. The possibility that it's happening. And we had talked about it then. Now it has happened. Foles is in St. Louis. The Rams have a starting quarterback now. Um, Bradford's in Philadelphia for the time being. And some picks are going to be swapped. Right now, at one point it was said that the Eagles was going to go from 20 to 10, which if the Rams was willing to go from 20 to 10 for Nick Foles, the Eagles would have, you know, hoodwinked the hell out of But it's been reports that the first-round picks aren't involved in the compensation as far as picks are still being discussed. I mean, the question that Eagles fans have had for me since this deal was announced, you know, why and, you know, is Sam Bradford going to be here? Does this mean that the Eagles are still going to try for market, try to trade for Marcus Mariota? I mean, right now, until I see what the compensation are as far as the picks, I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, I know what Bradford is as a player when he's healthy. The question is, Bradford hasn't been healthy. So, I mean, then the Eagles just signed Mark Sanchez to a deal, and when the Eagles signed Mark Sanchez to that deal, that deal told me that the Eagles believe at some point next, either Mark's, if the Eagles, even if the Eagles drafted Mariota, the Eagles still planned on playing Mark Sanchez to a certain point, and then going, you know, with Mariota if that happens. If the Eagles don't trade for Marcus Mariota, which Gil Brandt allegedly yesterday he tweeted out and said that he knows what the Eagles' pick going to be, and he knows for a fact that they're not drafting Marcus Mariota. If that's the truth, then the Eagles plan on going into the season with 
a quarterback of Mark Sanchez who's mediocre and is proven to be just that, and a quarterback in Bradford that can play but hasn't been healthy since he's during college and since he's been in the NFL. So the Eagles fans have a legitimate right to be concerned when it comes to the quarterback position right now. Yeah, I'm absolutely, but at the same time, um, it's so much, you know, it's so much going on. You know, I'm looking at every possible situation, and then some people are saying because we knew that the Rams were a team that was interested in um, in Nick Foles. The other team that was interested in Nick Foles was the Titans, and the Titans are as interested in Sam Bradford. So maybe they, maybe that's the other part of this, the drop that they get to the Titans pick and then take Marcus Mariota, but. It's just, it's so much going on with this, and I thought the signing, I thought the signing of Sam Braff, I mean, the the signing of Mark Sanchez, meant like you said that we would get Marcus Mariota. You know, like I thought that he would be coming to Philly somehow, some way. Now I've been on the record to say I have no idea what kind of quarterback Marcus Mariota is going to be, but. The 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 closer we get to the draft, the more I'm sure of what kind of quarterback Chip Kelly think he is. Because if the rumors were true about Kaepernick, then looking at a guy like Marcus Mariota is like, okay, I can see the relation between the two and why you would want that guy. And that's another indication of people always saying that, you know, well, Chip need this kind of guy. Chip need this kind of guy. Maybe Chip just want his guy, you know. And 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 if you're and if you're Chip Kelly, and you're asked to do it, then and keep on going. I got to answer my door. Okay. And and the and and the, and the thing about it is, is if Chip Kelly is going to run this team, then. You gotta let him run the team the way he wants to. You gotta let him get the quarterback that he wants. And to me, the moves that they're making indicate that he's trying to do what he can do to put this team in the best possible position in order to win the way he wants to win. Like people saying, "Well, you know, he doing it wrong or he doing it right." Well, whether he doing it right or wrong, he doing it his way. And you don't hire a coach like Chip Kelly and then tell him how it should be done in the pros. In my opinion, you just let him do it the way that he wants to do it. Now, I may not agree with everything that he is doing, but the fact remains, it seems to me like he has a plan. And the Eagles have been linked to almost every free agent. So it's not like he's leaving any stones unturned. Because it, it, he's running this whole thing, and the Eagles are linked to everybody, and maybe that means they're linked to nobody. But whatever it is, it seems like Chip Kelly is gearing up to finally make this Eagles team his team. Because the other part, the, the other part of this is, is I had talked about this before. When Nick Foles went twenty-seven and two, it made it impossible for him to draft a quarterback in the first round because Nick Foles played so well. I think if Nick Foles is mediocre or a little above average that first year, 
and they don't get to the playoffs, I think Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback of the Eagles. But because he plays so well, you can't you can't draft a quarterback because I mean if, if Nick Foles come out and do the same exact thing, everybody's like, man, you probably traded the next best quarterback to play in the NFL after that twenty seven and two year. So I think that Chip Kelly just wants he wants the guys he wants, and that's just it. I don't I, and it has nothing to do with race. He just wants the guys that he wants, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm back, and I mean, when Chip Kelly, when when Jeffrey Lurie decided to give him this power, that was was going to happen, and Chip Kelly was going to go out and do things the way he's going to do, and if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But he wanted to do things the way that he wants to do them. I mean, at this point, we don't know. From now until the draft, and the draft is from April 30th to the 2nd, what could possibly happen? I mean, if the – like, at what point when they were saying the Eagles went from 20 to 10 and for Nick Foles, I'm like, well, they got over on the Rams because Nick Foles ain't worth going from 20 to 10. You know what I mean? That would be highway robbery. If, the, if, if after all is said and done, and the Eagles still at 20, I don't know what what the hell they could do to go from 20 to 2. The Titans could be interested in Sam Bradford all they want. Sam Bradford ain't worth going from 20 to 2. Like, I, I mean, the, I don't know what the hell the Eagles would have to do to go from 20 to 2, but it would be more – it would be just as – like I talked about this numerous on numerous occasions, it's going to be the draft picks is worth more than Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford isn't worth anything. He's he's a he's been hurt every year since he's been in the NFL. He's worth nothing. Like his, nobody knows what the hell is going to happen to him. He could walk down his steps and tear his ACL again for all we know. Sam Bradford has little to no value on top of the fact that his contract for next year is worth $12 million. He's worth nothing. Like, I, I so when I seen all this go down, and if at that point when I, when the reports was the Eagles went from 20 to 10, I'm like, all right, well, if they go from 20 to 10, that 10th pick is, is, you know, worth enough to possibly go from possibly 10 to 6 if the Jets, you know, wanted to move out of pick six, which is a pick that they might not be willing to give up because at pick six you can get one of the best pass rushers in this draft. So I, I'm, I don't know what the hell the Eagles plan on doing. I don't know yeah, what I, I, mean, I don't know what Chip Kelly plans on doing. But that being said, if they go into the next year with Sam Bradford and Mark Sanchez battling for the starting quarterback position. I mean, me personally, do I think that's okay? No, I don't think it's okay. I, they could, they should have just kept Nick Foles. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, to me, it's just one of those things where I just like, and like, I've been trying to, you know, figure this out, and you know, y'all meant you know way more than I do about this whole thing. But the one thing that I do feel like I see is is that I just feel like Chip Kelly is making a play to somehow, some way, 
go up and get Marcus Mariota because, like I said before, my whole thing was Nick Foles, to me, is closer to the one that was 27-2 and two than the one we've seen this year. That was just my that was just my opinion. That's how I felt, and it, and it hasn't really changed for me. So when you get rid of Nick Foles, it's clear that you just want the quarterback that you want, and I don't think it's I don't think it's Sam Bradford neither. You know, but if you if you somehow like this is I mean it's all got to work. Period. Like it's all got to lead to the Eagles getting a pick near the top. And mind you, the one thing that I do know is they can't they're not going to do nothing until draft day. So you won't we won't know what these moves mean until draft day because guess what? Marcus Mariota still has his pro day. You never know what other teams may do. It could be a case, I mean, Aaron Rodgers dropped all the way to 24. Not saying that that is going to happen with Marcus Mariota, but it could happen with Marcus Mariota. And you never know. And at that point, then the Eagles wouldn't have had to go nowhere in order to get him if he dropped. But you won't know until draft day. That's the thing that I'm looking at now. One thing that I am looking at is the free agents that they actually sign. The guys that actually want to come here right now. Those are the guys that I'm paying attention to, the guys that we sign. But it's just so hard for me to see because the only thing we really waiting for is will Chip Kelly make a play on draft day to go up and get Marcus Mariota, which I don't even know if like like I say that I feel like this is all to make a move for Marcus Mariota, but I don't really know. You know, I, I just don't I, I just don't know. I mean, at this point now, don't nobody know what his intentions are except for him and whomever he's working closely with. Those only people that really know what's on his mind at a given point. And like you said, going into that first, the day to draft, the first round, which is on April 30th on a, on a, um, on a Thursday, Thursday night, you really, it's no telling because you got to, what you don't want to do is try to make a deal too early and then things fall a different way and then you left, you know, with your ass out and you done traded too much stuff and you really didn't have to move up that far to get the player. I mean, that's what you don't want to – like last year the Eagles got left with their ass out because they allowed the Packers to jump up in front of them and take Clinton Dick. You know what I mean? So hopefully they learned from those mistakes from last year and they won't. The thing about it is, like, Chip Kelly was in college before, so all this is, like, new to him, and he's learning on the go. And that's why I was when they had Tom Gamble involved, I was like, you know, they got a guy that's been in the war rooms, a guy that's respected, a guy that knows what he's doing, and I was okay with it. Now it's just Chip Kelly and a bunch of guys that he's hired, and, I mean, it's – He's he's learning on the go. The question is, how fast has he learned? He's been in the NFL for two years, heading to his third year. How fast has he learned? Because a lot of people feel so that he's a, a little bit too arrogant as far as, you know, just letting talent walk out the door. Because i tell you this, we both know in pro sports, talent helps coaches win. I mean – 
any great coach that's been around had, had players that can play. And, you know, he knew how to use those players. The first year he had Deshaun and Shady, they both had their best years. So we know he's a smart football coach from that aspect. But what you don't hope is that he didn't get too big for his britches and say, you know what, I was able to get Shady, Jeremy, and Deshaun's best year, so I can do this with anybody. I could throw Riley Cooper out there and Josh Huff along with Jordan Matthews, and that's going to be my start three wide receivers, and that's going to be good enough. That's 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 what everybody's hoping that he doesn't think that way. Because right now, with them losing Macklin to Kansas City, they don't, outside of Jordan Matthews, they don't have starting quality wide receivers. Riley Cooper stinks. Josh Huff is a special teams player. He was drafted way too high last year. They got one starting wide receiver on this football team right now. Yeah, I, I mean, that that is actually true, you know. But I look at this, and I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at it, and they say that the, the Eagles and the Rams will swap picks. Now, part of the reason why you may not know where they're swapping picks at is because maybe the Eagles are trying to figure out where they want that pick swapped at and add that into the deal to go up to get Marcus Mariota. Because a second-round pick, you know, in that top 42 players, you know, that's that, that's another good value right there. The Eagles got to trade their second pick. And right now we know that they're going to have to trade their first one in order to get Marcus Mariota unless he drops all the way to 20, which nobody sees coming. But I did see a lot of them where it had the Rams at 10 him going to there, but now they got Nick Foles. There's no need for that. But it, I, I guess to me, I didn't know if they was going to get Marcus Mariota, but now it just seemed like that's what the move is, that's what the play is. And however Chip need to do it, that's what he's going to do. And it's got to be he's got to have enough options and equity to do so. And I, I think that's what he's trying to. I think that's what he's trying to build right now. Yeah, I mean, because obviously if it doesn't work out, I mean, you can plan to try to be in a position to to get Mariota, and it may not work out. you got to have some sort of backup plan. And I guess Mark Sanchez or Sam Bradford is the backup plan next year in case you don't get him. I mean, for all we know. Let me ask you you this. Let's say they they don't get Sam – they – they don't get Marcus Mariota, and they sign, and they sign um, uh, Demarco Murray, and they draft Amari Cooper. Is that a good thing? Yeah, I mean Amari Cooper is better than everybody that's every wide receiver they got now. Well, I mean, we DeMarco... know, I know that, but I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm. What, what I'm trying to ask you is, is is there a way that this still works out? and not get Marcus Mariota? Like, I'm trying to ask you, could you think of a couple – give me a couple scenarios where this still work out and not get Marcus Mariota, or is there not any? For me, having Mariota isn't the see-all, end-all for me. I mean, because I've got a lot of questions about him as a pro quarterback. So, if if they didn't get Mariota and they got – like, it's – it's probably 
30 other players in this draft that's better than Mariota. I mean, like, he's a borderline first-round pick for me. So if they didn't get Mariota and they drafted another fir- a f- football player that's a, they got a first-round grade that's going to come in and play, that's I'm perfectly fine with that, especially if they end up with DeMarco Murray and Amari uh, Cooper or they end up with Kevin White. If, if Eagles ended up drafting Kevin White or Devontae Parker or Amari Cooper and they ended up with DeMarco Murray, Eagles fans shouldn't have any complaints because those four football players that I named are legitimate first-round picks, legitimate guys that's going to come in from day one and play and be effective. Mariota isn't a day one player. I mean, it's, it's a legit question about what he's going to be as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we, we, we both feel that way about him. But, you know, I, I, I think we, we both could agree that I, I think we feel like Chip thinks otherwise. Right? Yeah. And, and if this is the case, then, you know, he's going, to go, he's going to go after him because if Chip feels otherwise, then what Chip is saying is, is listen, once we get Marcus Mariota, everything else is going to be cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Jason Lockhart Ford just released the the terms of the deal now with the picks. The Eagles getting the Rams' 2015 fifth round pick, and the the Rams are getting Foles, a fourth round pick this year, and a second round pick next year. So it's not involving those first round picks. So the Eagles got Bradford in the a fifth round pick this year. So. Oh, 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 I don't like that. If we yeah, be I mean, giving up a second round pick for Sam Bradford, the next in next year's draft. Oh, Lord. listen. If we giving up a second round pick, then what's the name is the guy? So which which picks are we swapping then? They swap. The Eagles gave up their fourth round pick of this year for the Rams' fifth round pick of this year. Yeah. Uh, so oh, so that's the swap. Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, but you know what? It, 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 if, like I said before, if if Chip Kelly think, and this this thing is true about trying to get um the Marco Murray and then getting a top wide receiver, then it's something totally different. Like you said, but it's just it's. I mean, it's it's. It's amazing to talk about right now, but I just have I have no clue of anything that's going on. No, nah, I mean, Chip Kelly, since he's taken over this team, the Eagles' best three offensive players are gone. The court, you know, what I mean, the, your quarterback for the last, your starting quarterback for the last two years are gone. This is what happens when. A guy from with no NFL pedigree comes in and they give him this power. I mean, this era, this Chip Kelly era, is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be very good, or it's going to be a complete disaster, and it's going to be talked about for years upon years. He's going, he could end up being, you know, Doug Moe if all this blows up and it doesn't work out and. Eagles fans are going to be very mad because what's going to happen is Chip Kelly is a great recruiter. He's a good, a great college football coach. The minute a, a, a big-time job opens up in college, 
They called his agent. Chip Kelly see this stuff isn't working out. It could blow up in his face next year, and he bounced. It could blow up in his face in year four, and he bounces. That's what's going to end up happening. The Eagles fans are going to be upset, justifiably. They, they should rip into Jeffrey Lurie. And the the point that I made when the Eagles was looking for a coach in which that I said they should hire Bill O'Brien and, and you know, go through hell and high water to, to keep Bill O'Brien away from Penn State, my point is going to be proven. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you've been high on Bill Bryant, and I, I I haven't seen nothing that a cha- that actually changed that, you know. And, and so moving forward, I I guess it's just <clears throat> it, it's so tough for me to make an assumption about what's going to happen because we know that if Chip Kelly wants his guy, his guy that he can get, he can't get to a draft day anyway. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like the one guy that he really, really wants, he can't get him till draft day anyway, and that's that's I guess that's what we're gonna have to sit back and wait for. Yeah, I mean, then when you look at the whole Sam Bradford thing, I mean, before he like Pat Shimer, the Eagles' offense coordinator, Bradford played for him for the Rams. You know what I mean? Sam Bradford's played in the up-tempo offense before. Like, earlier when I was watching TV, the first thing they say is, oh, well, this don't make sense because Sam Bradford can't run. Has any of the Eagles quarterbacks, like, how many running plays have been called for the Eagles quarterbacks in the NFL? I mean, I say it and I say it again, and I screamed to the top of my lungs, and I was ready to break the TV. You don't need a running quarterback to win in the NFL. I mean, this is this has been the case for for the since the inception of this league. You have to win from the pocket with a quarterback that can throw with anticipation and accuracy. Point blank, period. Just be, I mean, to say Sam Bradford isn't the guy because he can't run is just one of the stupidest things I've I've heard. Nick Foles couldn't run. Nick Foles had. T- Duke had 27-2. and two. I mean, Peyton Manning can't run. Tom Brady doesn't run. Steve Young didn't become a, a top-level NFL quarterback until he sat in the pocket. Like, this is the NFL. Please, can y'all idiots stop it with the goddamn running quarterback bullshit. I can't take it no more. Man, listen, everybody is enamored with a guy – that can scramble, period. You know, a lot of guys are, a lot of guys that see one play breakdown, they they think that, okay, well, a guy can move in the pocket, and that's what they, and, and that's what they like. But my whole thing is this. Even for the fans of Mariota, when Mariota comes to the NFL and he is trying to run away from NFL defenses, the only guy he'll probably be faster than is the defensive tackle. The other ten, the other ten or nine guys on the field, depending on what scheme they run, he's not going to be faster than those guys. So, like getting like getting away from those guys, I just it just don't make it just don't make as much sense as people get enamored with it as it seems. Like this is not uh, this not man. 
Like the the, the guy's not just running around and, and can't tackle the quarterback. Like it ain't it, it ain't it don't work like that. That's not how it is. So you know I'm I'm, I'm I don't know what Marcus Mariota is going to be. So I'm not enamored with that. Now Sam Bradford just hasn't stayed healthy. If Sam Bradford stays healthy, if he does, which is highly unlikely, if he somehow did, I guarantee you the Eagles would be a playoff team if Sam Bradford was the quarterback. If, if Sam Bradford's healthy, he's he can play. Sam Bradford, when healthy, when you protect him, when he's upright, is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in this league. And that's it right there. And that's and, and that's what I'm and this is what I'm saying. If there was a reason for Chip to be enamored with Sam Bradford, that is the exact point right there because the biggest part of Chip Kelly's offense is the quarterback being accurate. That's the one thing that I know. And guess what? Nick Foles was accurate his first year. He was 27, 29-2, including the playoff game. Yeah, I mean, that in the NFL – Accuracy is so important, man, because you gotta be pinpoint accurate because because the holes are tighter, the defensive backs are bigger, they're faster, longer. The linebackers, you gotta be able to drop passes in between the linebacker, the defensive back level. You gotta have anticipation. Sam Bradford is one is one of the better pure passers in this league. The question is, is he gonna be mentally strong coming back? You know, again from another injury. And can the Eagles protect them? The Eagles need a right guard. The Eagles have to, regardless of who the quarterback is going to be, the Eagles got to get a right guard that can play. I mean, I talked about this last week. There are guards in this draft that, you know, could come in, in my opinion, and play from day one in the NFL that the Eagles could get. You got A.J. Cannon from South Carolina. You got Lincoln Tomlinson from Duke. Trey Jackson from Florida State. Um, Brandon Scherf from Iowa, who played left tackle, but but is a guard um, in the NFL, a guard prospect. There are guys that you can draft that can come in and play from day one and start at their right guard position. The Eagles, regardless of who the quarterback is going to be, they got to sure up their right guard position and even you know draft a guy in the later rounds that could possibly um, replace Evan Mathis down the line. But I mean, it's a it's a gamble. With Sam Bradford, I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, and it's not a gamble with Derrick Rose because, I mean, he's under contract, but it's a similar situation. you got a guy with talent that can play, but the injuries have, you know, stopped what kind of a career that he possibly could have. But if they can get him healthy um, and get him some, you know, some targets to go with, I guarantee you this, if Sam Bradford will – Use Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz will, if Sam Bradford is a quarterback, sixteen games. Zach Ertz is getting seventy to eighty catches and nine hundred to a thousand yards, and between seven to ten touchdowns. Like he'll use, um, you know, the tight end. They got to get him some more weapons. They got to get a running back. I mean, the Eagles right now got a lot of holes um, that need to be filled. They added Byron Maxwell. They took care of one cornerback position. They need another starting cornerback. The question is, do the are the Eagles okay, targeting a, a cornerback in the first round of this draft? I mean, if they want to, if 
if the if the Eagles said they was gonna move up and, and draft Trey Waynes, how could anybody have a complaint when Trey Waynes is a legit top ten to twenty prospect? Yeah, I mean, and that's what and that's what I'm saying. Like people keep saying that. Well, Chip Kelly wants Marcus Mariota, and then what I'm hearing is there's no way you're gonna be able to move up close enough to get Marcus Mariota. And my thing is, all right, well, if you want to move up, then maybe he don't want to move up to get a quarterback. Maybe he want that other cornerback. Maybe now that he got Sam Bradford, he got flexibility to say, all right, cool. If I'm not going to be able to get up to, and that's what I'm, and, and see, that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to see where is Plan B. Is Plan B saying, all right, we're going to keep Sam Bradford, but now we absolutely got to put some talent around him because I tell you, I tell you this. For me, right now. If you went in the if you went in the draft right now, and you got you got White Parker or or uh, Cooper at wide receiver, and then you got Ty Gurley in the second round, I'm fine with where our offense is. And two I picks. Mean, those are legit pieces. The Eagles, if they if the Eagles, like me personally, replacing them running back. I know for personal fact that if if I was going to replace Shady, then I would go the draft route because this running back class is the deepest it's been. Scott uh, Karasik talked about this last week, and I, me and him both agree it's a very deep class. If you if the, the Eagles could get a start on running back in the second, third, or fourth round, like honestly, they can get a guy that can come in and play. Chip Kelly, when a guy that's going to run downhill. Jeremy Lankford from Michigan State is probably going to be around in the fourth round, and he's a complete three-down back. He can block, he can run, he can catch. He can come in and play from day one. You know what I mean? If the Eagles decided, like you said, if they decided to go with one of those wide receivers in the first round to replace Macklin, I'm perfectly fine with it, perfectly fine with it, perfectly fine with it, because Amari Cooper, Devontae Parker, Kevin White are – Top fifteen prospects in this draft. I so guess Dick you know the Brown. the other thing. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, B. Um, the other thing why I'm looking at it with Sam Bradford. To me, Sam Bradford at his best is better than what Marcus Mariota could be or Nick Foles could be if he stay healthy. And I feel like that is one of the risks that you take with any player, even though Sam Bradford is a guy that's been hurt. So when when we when we look when we looking at Chip Kelly and him trying to win right now because we know his contract is up in two years and we also know that when that contract is up if he didn't when he's going back to whatever the best possible college job is I think that's I think that's for certain so if you're gonna try to win and you're gonna take that chance I understand I understand what he, why you would want Sam Bradford if you didn't move up to get Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I mean, it 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 really makes sense. Like the crazy thing about it, like once this whole free agent period is over and the Eagles are done making whatever moves they're gonna make, then I'll have like a clear picture of what possibly could happen heading to, into the draft. Like you know, I mean, guys are asking me, "Oh, you make a mock draft?" Like one, I'm not a mock draft person. Two, why would I make a mock draft in January? You know, February. I mean, free agency hasn't come and gone yet, so you don't really know 
what teams' needs are actually heading into the draft. I mean, like, the free agency period just started three hours and 11 minutes ago. I mean, guys are getting signed, moves are being made, trades are being made. So you really don't know what what team needs until all this dies down and you get closer to the draft. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, man, you want to – you want a starting quarterback, and you want a guy that you think is a guy that can really play in this in the NFL. Sam Bradford can play in the NFL. Yes, he's been hurt, but Sam Bradford has been in the NFL. But you know who else has been hurt? Nick Foles has been hurt every year really? that he's played for the Eagles. Michael Vick before that. So yeah. the the thing about it is, is guys are saying, well, Sam Bradford, he had these injuries. Guess what? All of our quarterbacks have been hurt already. All of our we haven't had one quarterback play throughout the entire season in the last four years. So saying like so that's that's my whole point about getting Sam Bradford because like the one thing that we do know is Sam Bradford is a starting franchise quarterback in the NFL if he's healthy. Nick Foles we don't know, Marcus Mariota we didn't know. So when I'm when just now Knowing that we don't know everything else that's going going ahead, if you want a guy that you know can play at this level and you don't have to question if he can play or not, Sam Bradford is the guy, in my in my opinion, because you know that he can play. Yeah. You just don't know if he's going to be healthy, but you don't know if Nick 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 Foles is going to be healthy. Yeah, I mean, definitely true, and you know, looking at the wide receiver position, you know, looking at the top 15, like this year, again, and last year's wide receiver class was very good. We've seen how great the rookies played last year across the league. This year, I mean, it's another 25 guys that, it's at least 15 guys that probably will go in the first three rounds, probably 20 that will go in the first four, and then, you know, 25 that end up going in the first five rounds. I mean, you can find a replacement for Jeremy Macklin. Obviously, it would have been good to be able to keep Macklin because he's a proven commodity. Like, he knows the offense. He's a proven guy. Like, you like to keep your guys and have familiarity. Like, I mean, that's definitely a thing that you want. But that being said, we know that the that Macklin plays for the Chiefs right now. So, the Eagles have to look towards the draft to find a replacement for Jeremy Macklin. I mean, we talked about Amari Cooper. We talked about Kevin White. We talked about Devontae Parker, a guy that is a Philly guy, born and bred, Jalen Strong from Arizona State, six foot three, 217 pounds, ran a lot faster at the combine than I thought that he would run. He's a guy that's another legitimate guy. Like if the Eagles were at 20, Jalen Strong, Dorio Green Beckham from Oklahoma, six foot five, two hundred thirty-seven pounds, big-time football player, only two years of experience. Set out this year because he transferred from Missouri to Oklahoma, but didn't play. But you know he had his three years in. He's available. You know you got Nelson Aguilar from USC, Rashad Green, Florida State, Devin Funches from Michigan, a guy who's six four, two hundred thirty-two pounds that played tight end. He played on the move. He played wide receiver. He's a versatile guy. Trey McBride is one of my favorite 
small school prospects in this draft from William and Mary. Six six feet tall, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Went to the combine, showed that he's athletically as gifted as any of the other players, ran that four four one forty, and then um at the senior bowl, Trey McBride, all he did was get open on the you know, during that week. The Eagles gotta find a replacement for Jeremy Macklin. Point blank pair. In my opinion, they really need two wide receivers that can play because Riley Cooper can't play. And, you know, they lost a wide receiver that could play. Right now, Jordan Matthews is the only wide receiver on this team that can play. Yeah, I mean, from from what's happened last year, and I know, like, and I know a lot of people are like, well, Josh Huff is this and that and this. But what people do got to remember is Josh Smith, I mean, uh, Josh Huff was hurt at the start of the uh, training camp and all of that. And for a rookie, that's a big deal. So I think you'll get a clearer version of what you think he is if he's healthy this year. If he's not, then he's probably a guy that just can't stay healthy. And, it, I mean, to me, from what you said, you can get that second wide receiver in the second or third round, which gives the Eagles more options. And 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 this year's draft, do they have two picks in the second round? You know what? Let me let me see if I can if I can find the draft order. I, I thought they I, I I could be mistaken, but I thought they had two picks in the second round this year. And that's what and 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 you know if you do, you could get the what you lost, you can make up. In two rounds this year, I think with, with the the wide receiver and running back, you can make up in the second and third round if you got in the first round and got your you got that that big time cornerback. Let me see. I know that the Eagles got one right now. From what I'm saying, they got. One in the second round, from what I'm seeing right here. Okay. So that'll be pick 52, I believe. Yeah, that'll be pick 52, from what I'm saying. Let me see. But, I mean, right now the Eagles, they signed Byron Maxwell. And this, I, whenever you sign... In free agency every year, the, the favorite thing for people to say is, oh, well, such and such team paid too much for this player or, you know, this guy was overpaid. Every year the market is going to decide how the best player available at that position is going to be played. I read an article. Well, I actually didn't – I read a couple paragraphs of it, and then I stopped. And I don't know why I constantly do this to myself, but – and sometimes I just want to know what the hell is in, in Mike Patton's mind. Now I'm mentioning his name. Mike Patton, I like. I don't know if he's going to skip Bayless right or he legitimately in his mind thinks the shit that he's writing is actually correct. But he wrote an article in the title article, Byron Maxwell won't help the Eagles. What do you mean he won't help the Eagles? Bradley Fletcher was one of the start cornerbacks last year for the Eagles. Byron Maxwell is one of the top 
10 corners, 12 corners in the NFL, legitimately better football player than Bradley Fletcher. What do you mean he won't help the Eagles? He said in the article that the Eagles obviously didn't do their homework. What do you mean the Eagles didn't do their homework? Like, they didn't do their homework? You You think that the Eagles, before they decided to give him a $63 million contract over six years, that the Eagles didn't do an ounce of film on, on Byron Maxwell? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I mean, you don't hide those. You don't, you don't sign guys without trying to figuring out what you got. And then if that was the case, then nobody was doing their homework because anybody that was in the market for a cornerback wanted Maxwell. I, I just, I, I don't get it, man. Like, and I tried not to feed into it. I mean, it's the same guy that said the Lakers are purposely tanking. Uh, I mean, it's the same guy that said the Sixers, the way the Sixers are going after, you know, I mean, go, trying to rebuild the team is wrong. I mean, anybody, what he wrote basically told me that he didn't watch the Eagles play at all, which means you shouldn't have an opinion on what the Eagles are doing. See, I don't write or talk about anything unless I've done some homework behind it. And Mike Patton, it's obviously that you haven't done any homework and you just writing shit to get a stir like you skip Bayless. You know what I mean? I he wrote the art he put the article up in the group and I just wrote laughing out loud with some period. Because I laugh at him. Like, I mean, this is like I just don't get it. After watching every defensive snap from the Eagles last year. Nobody's going to sit and tell me to my face that the Eagles aren't better off at the cornerback position with Byron Maxwell instead of Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher. Yeah. I mean, listen, there ain't nothing else to talk about. It really ain't. Like, if if you don't know that, then, (laughs) like, you, you bugging. Period. You bugging. If you don't think that anybody else, Bro, I, I mean, I I just don't get it. But um, one of the one of the decisions that the Eagles made, and I thought it was a big time decision, and I wasn't sure if the Eagles were going to be able to bring him back. The Eagles re-signed Brandon Graham, and Brandon Graham is back in the fold for four years. He had his best years of pro last year. It was year two of him being a three four defense standing up, playing on his feet, and not only did he rush the passer well, but Brandon Graham played the run well. He set the edge. He was strong at the point of attack. And for the Eagles, you know, to have him back, not knowing if Marcus Smith, you know, is going to be ready to play next year or not, or if he's ever going to be a player in this league, I think that was an essential and big-time signing for the Eagles that's not being talked about enough. Yeah, I mean it's it is it's it's crazy. It really is, man. And it, and it's 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 amazing what what some people got to say about everything that's going on. And this is it's so it's so hard because that's okay. And this is it. Then the Eagles will get an additional third round pick if Sam Bradford doesn't play eight games. 
So I think they're going into the year thinking that Sam Bradford is going to be the quarterback. Oh, so they say they get a third-round pick if he doesn't play eight. Right. If he don't play eight games, then they get a third-round pick. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at that and saying to myself, I know that Sam Bradford can play in his league. It's just if he's going to be healthy or not. Now it's about getting the things around him in order for him to be successful, which you've already listed, a wide receiver running back and a guard, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they need wide receiver, they need running back, they need a guard. And all of those things you can get in this draft and be right and be where you were supposed to be. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, teams do it every year. Teams teams draft guys that come in and play and make an impact. I mean, the Ravens, I wrote an article after the draft last year um, for NGSC Sports and Pro Player Insider. They asked him to write an article on the best first-round fit um, of the 32 teams that drafted. And I wrote at the time that it was uh, C.J. Mosley. And C.J. Mosley was the defensive rookie of the year this year. I mean, you if you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you'll draft the guy that'll come in and play for you and play right away. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals drafted Russell Bodine in the sixth round last year. He started 16 games for him as center this year, and they had one of the better rushing attacks in the league this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see. I think I think I get spoiled. Because I know that you do your homework, and and I and I know that you know what you're talking about. So when I when I hear what you're saying, and I'm watching this, as I see people saying, "Oh, I don't know why they traded for Sam Bradford." Well, listen, the, everything in Philly was about people not knowing what Nick Foles is. Well, you know, if you watch any football, you know what Sam Bradford is. It's just if he can stay healthy. But if you were okay with Nick Foles who didn't stay healthy, why wouldn't you be okay with an even better player? Uh, I mean, look, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people was down on Nick Foles. I mean, and, you know, they got a guy that is healthy, like you said, is a better player. But, I mean, they wouldn't know that. But, I mean, look, I mean, that's what the Eagles fans are going to do. So, I mean – We'll see how it plays out when it when it comes to that. Um, we talked about Macklin leaving and going to Kansas City. Um, the Eagles went after Devin McCourty at the free safety position. He was the best defensive back period out in the market. He decided to take less money and stay with the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, Patriots fans are obviously happy. Eagles fans are like, oh, he's stupid. Why would you take less money? Obviously, they would come from that angle. So now that leaves the Eagles in a spot in which, you know, they still need another cornerback and they need a free safety. Um, I've heard about, you know, the Eagles being interested in Raheem Moore, from you know, guy from the Broncos, uh, Marcus Gilchrist, who played free safety for the Chargers and played at Clemson actually with Byron Maxwell. He's a, a pretty decent football player. Um, this year, NFL draft-wise, like looking at the free safety position, it's not really that rich of a year when you're talking about center field prospects. 
I mean, you got guys with decent stats. Like Gerard Holloman from Louisville, I think, had 13 interceptions, but Gerard Holloman can't tackle and refuses to tackle. So he's a football player that I don't want on my football team. Devin McCourty plays center field, has played corners league, and also is a, a, tackler, a tackler, a willing tackler. Gerard Holloman, uh, not so big on. Chris Hackett from TCU is another guy that plays center field for TCU, um, had a big year, got his hands on a lot of passes, picked off some passes. I haven't got to the, the safety position. I'm actually starting the safety position tonight with film study. Um, Dane Bugler, who's a guy um, NFLDraftScout.com, and he worked at CBSSports.com. I respect a lot of his work. Has Chris Hackett as a six-round pick. That's his opinion. I haven't watched him as of yet, but he's a guy that's, you know, been um, on my eyes as well. Like, going into this process, the free safety position, Devin McCourty would have been, you know, the big haul, the big impact guy um, that the Eagles could have gotten. Now that they don't have him, they got to go a different route, whether it be free agency or draft. Yeah, I mean, and – and I don't know, like, because we've been so bad at drafting, you know, the safety position, and I get it that this is Chip Kelly doing it now, so it's a little bit different. But, I, you know, McCourty was a guy that I really, really wanted to, wanted to sign just because of the fact that I've seen him play already at this level. And I've seen how well he did it at this level. So I, I, I was disappointed that we lost out, you know, that we lost out on him. But I still believe that with what I'm, you know, with what I'm watching, I see a lot of, I see the Eagles being, you know, talking to a lot of guys still. So if they are and they could put together some of those pieces, and if we, if we can go into the draft, you know, only needing, you know, that that wide that a wide receiver and a running back, you know. I think that those two positions will probably be easier to fill in the draft than any others that we need because I'm 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 telling I'm telling everybody now, right now I'm okay if they say that we're going to do everything in our power to get Sam Bradford to be healthy and be our starting quarterback because I tell you what I didn't want was us to have to trade the house and get Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I mean and now with the Eagles going forward, possibly with Bradford and Mark Sanchez, the Eagles won't have to. I mean, if if they decide that they're not going to do whatever to get Mariota, that leaves them in the spot where they can fill in holes with the draft picks that they have. You know what I mean? And the good teams in this league value their draft picks. They may package some and try to get more. Um, you know, draft picks, you know, a lot of good teams, you know, will try to, you know, get, a, you know, have two or three picks in the third round or, you know, have three picks in the fourth round. You know, those teams accrue talent and they target certain players that fit their style and fit their system that had the traits that they're looking for. Like, I'm a big component of valuing draft picks. Like, I – I'm not one of those guys unless, you know, it's a John Elway situation or, you know, an Andrew Luck situation. And this year, 
it's no situation in which, you know, it's that kind of player at the quarterback position in which, you, you know, you would die to move up for. You got to just stick to your board and, you know, fill the holes that you need to be filled. Eagles got a lot of money in free agency. They're going to try to fill and do whatever they can. I mean, it's a chance they may get DeMarco Murray. I mean, we heard them interested in C.J. Spiller. I'm, I'm not a real big C.J. Spiller fan, but. I, you know, I'm, I'm like this, in all honesty. I do not need, I don't need DeMarco Murray. And if we're going to get a running back, I would much rather get one in the draft. And I want to fill that other cornerback position somehow, some way before we go into the draft. Because I, just just to me, it seems it seems like the system that we want to run it. It has to be a guy that you already seen do it. Yeah, I mean, for real, for real. I mean, the cornerback position, the way that they play it, that cornerback got to have press skills, and he got to be able to turn and be able to run. Like he really got to be able to cover point blank period. Like he got to be able to play press man coverage. The guy that was under the radar that the Eagles was targeting was Devon House, played for the Packers. Um. And he ended up signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which isn't surprising because Gus Bradley came from Seattle and Devin House, Devon House, is an exact type of cornerback at six feet, 210 pounds, that will fit exactly what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. And, I mean, the Jaguars are definitely, you know, making some moves. They got another, you know, top 10 draft pick this year, but they're taking their money free agency-wise, getting Julius Thomas signing Jerry Oldrick at defensive tackle and, um, you know, getting Devon House. They're making moves to try to build their team. I think with them, they're obviously still – they're trying to improve the running back position. They're interested in DeMarco Murray as well. But, uh, you know, for them, they're trying to build around the quarterback that they drafted last year in the first round. Um, and we'll see how it play out. Like, Gus Bradley is another guy that uh, – you know, I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, they haven't won yet and it's still early in the process, but I can see his vision and I actually like his plan. Yeah, I like I like Gus too. You know, I like I like Gus too and this and, and you know, you gotta especially when you're in Jacksonville, that the, the, the culture there you definitely gotta try and change. And that was another thing that I I like that I had under you know, that I had understood. And, um, you know, this is a good segue into, you know, the comments that Stephen Smith, Stephen A. Smith had made about um, about the environment of the Philadelphia Eagles and, you know, how it, it – and, 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 he, and he didn't say – like today he came out and said that he, he wasn't saying that Chip Kelly was racist, but he, he kind of – hinted at that was what was the way things were, you know, and then you got, you know, uh, a, a former um, Eagle and um, Trey Thomas saying, um, 
you know, the, some of the black players felt like they were being treated differently. Well, I, I'm gonna say it like this: as a as a black as a black man, anytime you hear somebody saying that they want guys that are team guys, guys that are guys that will, you know, follow suit and do with whatever the coach needs them to do. I think that kind of will, will always strike you as, oh, we need to do what you want us to do because you don't think we'll do what you want us to do. You think we'll do what we want to do. And so from that from that perspective, I could see I could see someone saying that that's how they feel because Chip Kelly is Chip Kelly is different. He is a he is a college coach and from all from from everything that we know, the only NFL coach he's been associated with is Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick has no problem cutting guys that will not do what he want them to do. And see, because he's already won, you can't say nothing about it. But in the NFL, the, the, the most important thing in the NFL is the coach, is the coach that you have, the kind of guy that's going to lead that team. You can have a great quarterback. If you ain't got the right coach with the right system, you're going to struggle. And that's the part that, it like, to me, was, you know, ignorant of Stephen A. Smith to just say, well, this is what it is. No, that's not what it is. Chip is a new coach. Chip, I'm going to tell you one, one of the things. And, no, listen, this thing may blow up. It may blow up and not be right. But what we're we going to do on Sports Track Radio is we're going to keep it 100. The fact remains that Chip got handicapped by that early success. Getting getting to the playoffs in his first year, winning 10 games, he could not clean house after winning 10 games and getting to the first round of the playoffs. He just couldn't, even if he wanted to. You know, report surfaces that he wanted Deshaun out before that, and if he was running things, he would have got something for Deshaun. You know, he wanted him out earlier than that. You know, and that was before he became, you know, the guy making all of the making all of the moves for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I totally understand where he is because he wants his guys to do it his way. And his and his guys is just the guys that he picked. It's not his guys that are white, black, blue, whatever color they are. Every coach wants their guys. But because he won in his first year Listen, it made it hard for him to do that. Like, just imagine yeah. if he would have won in his first year and then traded Shady, let Matt traded Shady Macklin and Deshaun Jackson. He probably would have been like, he probably would have got fired. Like Jeffrey Lloyd would probably be like, you know what, you crazy, and that's cool. You know, you 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 won. These guys have won, not you. And he need like to me, it makes sense that he won his guys. That's all I'm saying. But I'm not saying that it's going to work. I'm just saying I understand why he has to do it in the middle of his tenure opposed to the beginning of his tenure because he's already won. And and this the part and this is the part that's hard 
for me, as an Eagles fan, I've been one since 87. And I won a Super Bowl bad. But the fact remains is if you win 10 games one year and you win 10 games the next year, and then that year, the second year you win 10 games and you don't make it to the playoffs, it's clear it's not good enough. So something has to change. True. You got to do something else. Ten wins, ten wins back to back years, and no Super Bowls is not good enough. So you got to change something. Now I'm not saying that it's right, but I commend him for 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 trying to do it to win a Super Bowl because I don't think he's doing this to lose. Yeah. I don't think he's trying to lose. I think what he's trying to do. I think it, what he's saying is okay. I looked at the film. I seen what was going on. Listen, this is not good enough. What we're doing right now is not good enough. So because it's not good enough, we got to make some changes. And some of those changes may be drastic. You may have to cut a guy that was your leading rusher. You may have to cut a guy that was your leading receiver. Two wide receivers. Guess what? Having Deshaun didn't get us a Super Bowl. Having Macklin didn't get us a Super Bowl. Maybe having both of them would have put us closer. We'll never know. But it didn't get us a Super Bowl. And because of that, I can understand the changes that he's trying to make. I understand. I don't care what nobody else says. Nobody else may not like it if Sam Bradford stays here. I'm okay with it. Because guess what? Sam Bradford was the first pick in the draft. And typically when you get a quarterback with the first pick in the draft, you think that guy's a franchise guy. And if I'm not mistaken, almost everybody thought Sam Bradford was a franchise guy. He's just been hurt. Exactly. I mean, nobody's never questioned his ability, I mean, it's been injury has been the issue with Sam Bradford. That's the only been the only concern with Sam Bradford. When he's been healthy, he's shown that he can play this game and play it at a pretty decent level. I mean, before he was injured um, in 2013, he was on pace to throw 35 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Um, and and, that, and 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 this is what you know, and this is my thing. Like when you when you look at what's going on, all Philadelphia fans may not agree with what Chip Kelly is doing, but the thing they would all what we all would agree with is the last two years have not been good enough because they have not landed us a Super Bowl, and that is the goal. And I feel like right now Chip Kelly is trying to figure out a way to land us. A Super Bowl, and I'm okay with that. Getting Sam Bradford, getting an extra pick this year when there is some talent at at at, at um at running back in those late rounds. So it it may not be right, but I would much rather have a guy that's saying that this is not good enough, and I am going to try and fix it, than a guy that's going to say, "Well, I'm just going to try to be safe and stay where I'm at." Yeah, and to go back a little bit on the whole Stephen A. thing and trying to say that, you know, McCoy, Macklin, Jackson is out and Raleigh Cooper stayed, and, you know, that means Chip Kelly's a racist. I mean, look, I mean, come on. The guy, when he was at Oregon, had more players from Compton and L.A. and Watts. He went in those neighborhoods, in those houses, and recruited those guys. I mean, I, like I, I don't understand it. And two, Howie Roseman was—I mean, 
him and Howie Roseman together, I don't. How, we we we're not sure if he was okay with signing uh, Riley Cooper, to, you know, to that contract, bringing him back. He wasn't the czar of all football operations at, at that point. I mean, look, if if if, if people want to base that one decision, the that one thing that Raleigh Cooper is still here and those three guys are out, and that makes Chip Kelly a racist. They're a little bit more stupid than I thought. You know what I mean? For Stephen A. Smith to go on his TV show, which is a complete piece of garbage, his radio show, which ain't as bad as the garbage on TV because Skip Bayless doesn't do the show with him. I mean, and for him to actually believe that or say that, I mean, come on. Like, in certain instances, when race is definitely involved, you know, I'll – I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to talk about it. I went on a rant the other day on Twitter about this business and my race and my religion and how, you know, I haven't gotten the opportunities and chances. And I graduated from broadcasting school in 2002, and I haven't got all the opportunities and chances that I should have gotten. And I've done nothing. I've taken no shortcuts. I've done nothing but bust my ass in school and out of it and haven't gotten the opportunities that I should have gotten. And I'm not the only one that is going through the same thing. And it's not just African-Americans and minorities in this field. It's African-Americans and minorities across this country in all types of fields. Gabrielle Union, I had put a picture of her tweet, you know, that she had tweeted earlier today. You know what I mean? Young racists become old racists, and, you know, they actually believe that, you know, there is, you know, that we do get treated fairly. And it's not true. I mean, no, I it's mean, not true. It's not it, true. It, like, it, it's, it's not at all. It's not at all. And the thing about it is is that that's what is is so disappointing in, in Stephen A. Smith's comments because, like, when you, like race is not something to play with. So if you're going to accuse somebody of that, you better be 100% sure, and you better have proof of it, in my opinion. Because it is it, it, to me, Chip Kelly hasn't done anything racist. All coaches do what Chip Kelly is doing. It's just that most coaches don't win their first year, so getting rid of guys is not such a big deal. If the Eagles would have went, if the Eagles would have went six and ten, um, after year one, if the Eagles would have went seven and nine last year, and he made those moves, nobody would complain. You know what I mean? But like you said, the goal is to win a Super Bowl. The Eagles didn't do that with Deshaun. They didn't do that with Macklin. They didn't do it with Shady. They didn't do it with Nick Foles. And all four of them is out the door. Everybody here in Philadelphia complains about wanting to win a Super Bowl. Well, for better or worse, whether you like what Kelly is doing or not, I mean, at this point, we don't know if it's going to work. We're going to find out over the next few years if and and how will will it work. He's trying. He's doing the things that he feels though as a coach and as a personnel guy. And we're going to find out if he can be coach and personnel guy. We're going to find out if it all works or not. And if it doesn't, Kelly will be vilified. 
Jeffrey Lurie will be vilified in this li- in this town for years and years and years to come. It'll be 30, 40 years from now, and we'll be going back talking about, oh, you remember in 2015 when Jeffrey Lurie gave the reins to Chip Kelly, and three years later the team was a complete disaster. I mean, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. But, you know, I guess, like, my thing is just, man, Chip, if you feel like, you know, the, the guys that you need to win a Super Bowl are not on this team, then it, it's like guys are set, guys are setting their ways now. You know, guys have been in the, the 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 NFL a while now, so thinking that you're going to change these guys is is uh, listen, you're not being realistic. Uh, I mean, you're not like you, you're actually not, um, and it's not it's not about it's not about race. It's about routine. And those guys are just used to playing football a certain kind of way. And Chip, more than other coaches, need guys to have a different way of thinking about playing this game of football. And people can say, well, you know, the other thing is, oh, well, guys are not going to want to come here. Let me tell you something. Guys are going to want to come where they think they can win and or where they think they can get the most money at. Nothing else is it. Jeremy Macklin got offered more money to go to Kansas City. That's why he's in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, he went there. It ain't got nothing to do with Chip. It ain't got nothing to do with Chip Kelly's system. It ain't got nothing to do with Chip Kelly. He got more offered more money to go there. You know, Shady was let go because guess what? Chip couldn't pay him that money. Why would he pay him that money? Deshaun Jackson. Why would you pay Deshaun Jackson that money? And don't get me wrong, Deshaun Jackson had a good year this year. Washington had a losing record. Yeah. Like it's it's like it's not about race, man. It's just about winning. It's just about producing. Guys are not winning. Like Chip didn't do. Chip ain't let Shady go or Macklin or Trent Cole. Or Ty Harriman's go after us winning the Super Bowl, we ain't make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, your point, uh, I agree with you on all points. I mean, it's that simple in my opinion. I mean, Macklin got paid more money, and he went to play for a coach that he's familiar with. I mean, you got money and fit. I mean, that's a perfect match for him. You look at Shane McCoy. Shane McCoy said in the press conference today he felt wanted there, and he knows, like, we all know what Rex Ryan is. Rex Ryan is going to run the football. They got Matt Castle as their quarterback. They're not going to be a passing, a pass first team. They're going to run the football. They still got Shady there. They got Bryce Brown, um, and they still got Fred Jackson on the roster. They're going to run the football first. Um, Shane McCoy talked about, being able to be in a situation in which that he's not playing running back out of the shotgun all the time, being, having the opportunity to play behind the quarterback in the eye formation with a fullback again. He, you know, explained him and LT talked about today on NFL TV what's the big difference, how much better it is to be in the eye formation or being a single back set behind the quarterback, looking at the line of scrimmage all the time, going north and south compared the East and West. I mean, that's a fit for LaShawn McCoy. 
Yeah, I mean, and like you know, you know, we talked about this, man. That's the, those are the things that it come down to, man. Those are the things that matter. It's not about what what, what kind of person Chip Kelly is, man. And, and at the end of the day, as an African American man, there's always going to be things that you don't agree with and things that you don't feel is is you know is going on is 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 something that should be going on just because of how things are and you know a lot of times it, it you know there's an underlining of some type of racist undertone to things and how people think but in this case it's really about trying to put a team together that's going to win a Super Bowl because that's the only thing that'll make this thing right. Because I, I, I tell you what, I'll guarantee you this: the Eagles will win at least one playoff game if Sam Bradford stays healthy. Yeah, I mean Hill, if he's healthy, you know, what I mean the offensive line, the Eagles put the right pieces around. They'll definitely be in a position to be better. Like the. Per- I just like ask people ask me do I like what he's done. I said, talk to me after the draft and stuff is over, and I you know I see what the team is looking like going into you know like the mini camps and stuff like that. I mean, because right now the roster isn't complete. Like this is first year being in charge of all this stuff, so I have a better opinion once I see what he's done after free agency and what he's done after the draft and, you know, what things look like heading in the minicamp. Like, I have a much better opinion at that time. Right now, things are still up in the air. But I respect a, a man that got a plan and a man that's not afraid to pull the trigger. And, you know, a lot of guys question what he's done. The fans are going to question. So-called analysts um, are going to question what he's doing. But – Frank Sinatra said it the best. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I did it my way. So Chip Kelly is in that position. The Eagles gave him that power, and that's what the Eagles are going to have to live and die with it. I mean, that's all. Listen, that's what it comes down to. Like, you you, you can't expect nothing else. You can't expect nothing else. You can't expect him to do nothing but exactly what he wants to do. And that's fine. That that's just it's fine by me, man. It's fine by me when I say that because I want a guy that's comfortable doing his thing. I want a guy that understands that what happened the year before, if it didn't result in winning the championship, that it wasn't good enough. And that's that's what I see in Chip Kelly. Him saying that, yo, what we did last year wasn't good enough. Yeah, we won 10 games, but that's not good enough. Trying to come in with the same team doing the same things, we ain't going to get nowhere. Yeah, and I actually admire, you know, his willingness to admit that. And hopefully not only does he think that, the personnel wasn't good enough, but I hope he looked at himself and said, you know, I need to do some things differently um, scheme-wise and coaching-wise on the football field. Yeah, I mean, and that's and those are things that, you you know, you're going to have to look at and see if they change throughout the course of the season. You know, it's um, I think everybody look at last year and they say, well, the year before he was better. Well, I think that 
his first year, there were some things as far as, like, his first year he would never slow down when he got the lead. Last year he tried to slow down more when he got the lead. So I think that there's things that he's going to learn moving forward about the difference between this game and then the college game. And, it, and I mean, I guess it's one of those things where it's like right now, what he's doing right now, to me, he's already admitting that he made some mistakes. Because guess what? He thought he needed his guys last year, and he came into the year with, you know, with LaShawn McCoy, with Jeremy Macklin. So if those, like, if he th- thought he needed his guys last year, he probably wanted to get rid of those guys and get his own guys in here, but he couldn't. He he wasn't in a position to do so. How can you how can you do that when you when you got guys like Lashawn McCoy getting sixteen hundred yards? Yeah, like you can't you you couldn't you couldn't justify doing it. And and he looking at the tape, so he couldn't ignore what he saw. And said, all right, well if he gonna do this, then I'm cool with that. Well, this year, Shady's film didn't look as good. It ain't looking right. as good as the year before. So for him to say, I got to let you go, well, guess what? It's more violent. And people get so caught up in, you know, well, you know, Shady's been the man. And it's like, well, how much longer would you think he would be the man before you would get anything for him? I mean, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a situation when, when Bill Polian took over Indianapolis and Marshall Falk was the running back there. And, you know, Marshall Falk obviously was one of the best running backs in the league at the time, and they traded Marshall Falk um, to the Rams, and they ended up drafting Ezra and James. I mean, well, it worked out for both teams. You got two Hall of Fame running backs uh, out of the deal, and I, mean, I know Ezra and James wasn't there when the Colts did win the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl uh, the same year that, you know, he finally had left and went to the Cardinals, but it was a bold move that Bill Polian made, but he got a running back. I mean, in my opinion, Marshall Falk fit in any any type of system, but when they traded Marshall Falk, they got a lot of value for him, and that helped them build a team that was good for a decade, and the Rams got one of the best running backs to ever lace them up, and they ended up winning a Super Bowl. Like, you – you got to have balls and be willing to pull those type of deals when you know it's a certain player or that you want or a certain style. Yeah, I mean, that's – and that's what I – you know, and that's what I see. I just see a guy that's saying 10 wins is not good enough and I'm not going to let nothing else stop me from trying to get what I need to get. And that's, and that's why – when I look at this, I don't think I think that he got Sam Bradford because everybody knows what Sam Bradford can, Sam Bradford is if he's healthy. And you don't know what nobody what no other quarterback is that you're going to get pretty much unless it was Kaepernick. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, you look at it now. What team at this point? I mean, Bradford and his contract. You know, what I mean, it's thirteen million for next year. What team is going to uh, – the Eagles got him now. So, the Eagles got him in a trade. For them to try to turn around and flip and trade Bradford again. I mean, one, what team is going to want him and what team is going to want that $13 million 
on their cap. Like, the way things is looking, like, I honestly believe and think that Chip Kelly would be okay with Sam Bradford being his starting quarterback heading into the next season if he's healthy. And, you know, they got Mark Sanchez as a backup for whatever that's worth. Um, yeah, you got to get – I mean, you, you got to – you got to do what you got to do in order to win the Super Bowl. And we know that typically if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you have a top-flight quarterback. And if Sam Bradford is healthy, he can be that. That's what we do know. If he's healthy, he could be that. And so I'm I'm just uh, you know I, I'm I'm okay with that I really I really am because to me it points to the fact that Chip Kelly understands that it wasn't good enough, but also that he's trying to put a team together to win the Super Bowl because he's not doing this to lose. That's what I do know. So it's you know we're all going to have questions about moving forward what we're going to do, but until a couple of those other shoes, you know, until a couple of those other ones drop, it's going to be really really hard to figure out what is going on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's go around the NFL and talk about some of the moves um, some of the other teams made. I had mentioned earlier that the Colts agreed to terms with Frank Gore. Um, most likely they'll be adding Trent Cole and Andre Johnson as well. Um, you talk about a Colts team that have won immediately since Andrew Luck has been there, and now they've added um, some veteran pieces to go along with Andrew Luck. Ryan Grigson, who actually was a personnel guy here with the Eagles, is their general manager. Um, what's your thoughts on the additions that they made? Well, I mean – you know, in this in this free agency, I think everybody, all, especially the teams that were close to winning the Super Bowl, I, I think they've all made moves to get, you know, to get better. But to me, I think the team that and and this goes back to it. I think the team that's done the absolute best job is you know the Buffalo Bills because I mean, see to me. I think Rex Ryan is a really good coach, and I think that he didn't get what he needed in New York in order to win a Super Bowl. And because of that, that's why it ended up how it ended up. But when I look at the Bills, when I look at the Bills right now and the defense, you know, and the defense that they had, I guess the the issue that the thing that I would ask you is, I like what happens with the the quarterback play. That's the that's the thing. I mean, they got Matt Castle. They still got EJ Manuel in the fold. Rex Ryan didn't draft EJ Manuel. You know what I mean? So, um, they may be okay. The the crazy thing about not talking about they may be okay with Matt Castle, bro. It's a chance that Castle is going to be a starter. Ryan Hoyer, Ryan Miles is going to be a starter. Josh McCown is going to be starting for the Browns. I mean, it's not a lot of quarterbacks in this league that can really play. Uh, you know what I mean? And, that, it, and, that, and, and, and then on top of that, it's not quarterbacks that's coming into the league this year from this draft that are, you know, top-flight NFL prospects 
it just ain't a lot of quarterbacks around that can play, man. Like, it's a lot of guys that that's backups. Anytime that Mark Sanchez got the contract that he got, I mean, it's just not – it's just a lack of guys that can play quarterback, man. And that's my and, – and that's my whole point. You saying, okay, you you saying, okay, we need a quarterback that's going to win. But there's not a lot of quarterbacks out there that can win like that. There's not a lot of top-flight quarterbacks out there. All teams are looking for those guys. There's there's Jameis Winston, I think, that's the closest thing to a guy that you know is going to be successful in this league because of what you've seen him already do. Anybody else is a question mark. So what the Eagles have done, to me, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, it's – I mean, the Bills is – all right, we're going with Matt Castle. The Browns signed Josh McCown. I mean, the Browns signed Josh McCown after he was 1-10 last year and put the tape out that he's put out, you know, last year. Prior, Josh McCown had that six-game stretch for the Bears, and it's the best he ever played in his career. But people forgot about the other 40 games that he played in when he completely stunk. You know what I mean? Brian Hoyer, blah. I mean, Ryan Mallett. Got a very strong arm, but can't hit a bull in the ass with a pound of rice. I mean, he, I mean, he stinks too. I mean, it's just, it's just not a lot of guys that can play. And then this year's class of quarterbacks, outside of, there's only two first round talents, and one that belongs in the very top of the first round, and one, in my opinion, that's you know a late first round talent. Outside of that, you got Brett Hundley that, you know, a late second, early third round. Bryce Petty, late third round. Um, Gary Grayson, Colorado State, maybe fourth round. And then after that, there's a lot of guys that probably shouldn't be drafted. Like the quarterback position in the NFL ain't good, and then the ones coming into the NFL ain't good either. I mean, they just not. They just not like, and and I I don't get it though. Like, I don't. I honestly, I don't get it. But I'm like, you know, I'm on I'm on board. Um, if Sam Bradford is the quarterback this year, I I I, I would be perfectly fine with that. I would yeah, be man. more disappointed. I would be more disappointed if it was a situation where we either moved up the guy Marcus Mariota. Or they said Nick Foles, or or they said well Sanchez is going to be the guy until Nick Foles is healthy because, in my opinion, getting Sam Bradford, you got the same issue that you had with Nick Foles. Is he going to stay healthy? Yeah. So like it, it like that's just it, it's just like that. Everybody, other people were saying, well, I don't want Sam Bradford. Well, if you get Sam Bradford, like how many other quarterbacks are better than him? Like how many other other guys are better than him? Because any other guy starting at quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles wasn't going to be better than Sam Bradford. True, I completely agree. I mean, whether if he's healthy, the Eagles upgraded that position. You know what I mean? And it's just that simple for me. Um, let's talk about 
the Ravens. The Ravens traded Haloti Nada to the Detroit Lions. They got two mid-round picks in return um, for Haloti Nada. Um, I when this trade went down, the first thing that I thought about was, well, they traded Haloti Nada, and we know how great of a player he's been for that franchise. But the first thing I thought about was last year they drafted Brandon Williams out of. Uh, you know, Southern Missouri State, and they drafted Timmy Jernigan from Florida State. And this is a case in point in which a team was comfortable trading a guy of that caliber and getting some decent draft picks in return because they, they you know, p- planned at some point they knew they probably wouldn't have him, you know, after a certain point. And the Ravens had two guys on the defensive line, young guys that actually played in the rotation with Nada, when Nada was out for those four games this year, Brandon Williams and Timmy Jernigan played at a very high level and proved that they're ready to go. So that put them in a spot in which they were able to move Haloti Nada. Haloti Nada, for the Lions, did get a replacement for Ndamukar and Sue, who they lost, and they're probably going to lose Nick Fairley as well. He's visiting the Cincinnati Bengals either tonight or he'll be there tomorrow. Um, your thoughts on the pick for on the you know the deal for both teams? Well, Baltimore, you know, to me they remind me a lot of uh, uh, Seattle. You know, they continue, I, they continue to prove, improve their team through the draft. They find the right picks. They make guys that fit, and because of that, you're like, all right, well, the moves that they make it probably makes sense for them, but. As far as Detroit go, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm really not sure what they're trying to do or how they're trying to do it. You know, I, I, I felt like, you know, keeping Sue was an important part of what they needed to do. But, you know, since they didn't, I, I don't know. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, and I get it. They didn't make the playoffs with Sue. So, you know, it's like, well, all right, I don't want to put that much money into a guy. And it is it's, – it's, it's one of those things where you un- you understand that part of it, and and, and Nada has been a a, a a big time player in the league for a while. But you know, to me, Baltimore just it, it just seems like they've done what they always do is continue to improve their team and put themselves in a position to compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, like losing Sue, obviously. Hurts, but if I'm a general manager there, it's no way I could give him $60 million guaranteed, you know, knowing that, you know, there's other things. You know, like the Lions need a lot of other stuff, and Sue is an impact player. You know, the Miami Dolphins got a player that's an impact player. You know, he draws a double team on passing and running downs. He's very talented, strong at the point of attack versus a run, great hand usage. I mean, he's you know, everything that you want, you know, in the interior lineman. You know, when I think about interior defensive lineman, I think of Watt, I think of Gerald McCoy, and I think of Ndamukong Sue. Those are the top three in the NFL right now. So the Miami Dolphins, you think about what the Dolphins got. They got Cameron Wake, who's one of the best edge rushers in this league. They got Olivia Vernon on the other side, damn good edge rusher. You add Ndamukong Sue to the mix. I mean, and last year their front, their defensive front gave guys fits last year. I mean, they're, you talk about them, 
the Buffalo Bills and the Jets, three of the better young defensive lines, talented defensive lines, all in the um, AFC East next year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, so we got that. We talked about Frank Gore going to the coach. You know, they had Andre Johnson as well, you know, a veteran. Andre Johnson, I think, is one of the more underappreciated players in this league. Since 2003, Andre Johnson got the most receptions, the most reception yards in the league. He's going to be a future Hall of Famer, um, and he still can play. They added him to the mix. Trent Cole um, was a guy who had a good tenure here, 10 years with the Eagles, um, 85 sacks in those 10 years, you know, had to make the change from being a 4-3 defensive end to a 3-4 outside linebacker this late in his career. Um, you know I mean? And Ryan Grixon is obviously familiar with Trent Cole. Is he going to be a starter there? No. They got some young guys there. They got Newsom. Got a um, Burn Bjorn Warner. They still have Robert Mathis, but he's going to be a, a outside linebacker in the rotation for them. And I think for them to add those three pieces at this point, um, for them having Andrew Luck and them, you know, continuously getting to the playoffs, they're, you know, they kind of remind me of how the Broncos was in the 80s with John Elway when, you know, 87, 86, 87, and 89, they did make those Super Bowls on the arm and the legs of John Elway. And, you know, later on they tried to add some pieces, and it wasn't until Mike Shanahan got there and Elway was in the last two years of his career that they won. I like the fact that Ryan Grigson is willing and trying to add pieces to the puzzle now while Andrew Luck is still young and fresh to try to get there because regardless, when you when you close, you tr- you got to try to go get it because those windows close very quickly, whether it be because of free agency or it could be because of injury. Yeah, I mean that's and and that's just it, man. You you when you when you're trying to win, you got to try and win now. You got to do the things because ain't nothing guaranteed. You know, ain't nothing guaranteed. Andrew Luck is you know one of those those top quarterbacks in the league that we talk about. And if you got one of those guys, then you've solved the hardest part to solve in the NFL, in my opinion, and that's getting that starting franchise quarterback or that guy that you just can, you believe that can just lead your team. So when I when I look at it, when I look at it that way, that's the thing that I, you know, that's the thing that I see in, with the Colts is the guys that are going there, they see the quarterback that's there. And I, I think a lot of people think, well, this guy is going to get us there. You know, this kind of guy can get us there. So, you know, so that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's head over to the 49ers now. The 49ers, I mean, you think about it, they lost the head coach. They had to hire a new head coach. Offensive coordinator is with Buffalo right now. Um, and then it comes out today, Patrick Willis retired after eight years in the NFL. It's a chance that Justin Smith is going to retire some sometime next week. I mean, and then, you know, Frank Gore is with the with the Colts. Now, you're talking about, like, the changing of, of the guard. The general manager wanted Harbaugh out. 
three of Harbaugh guys isn't there now. It was a rumor that came out in regards to what the 49ers may be denying it. They probably, it may have been true and they didn't want it to get out that they were trying to deal Colin Kaepernick. I mean, talk about the facelift that's going on with the San Francisco 49ers right now. Yeah, I mean, they, they, we, we talked about this before. You know, we had, we, we talked about how, Losing Harbaugh would would be, you know, debilitating to the San Francisco 49ers. And I I don't even think we forecast the things that have happened actually happening. But, I mean, that's a team that that just seems to be in total disarray, and you, you just don't know what's going on with them. You don't know which way they're leaning, and you don't know what they're looking at doing moving forward. So when I look so so when I, I look at their situation, the fact that, you know, there were reports that, you know, teams were trying to get uh, you know, Kaepernick and they were maybe listening to those things. I uh, all, all of those things, it's just too much negative energy around the San Francisco 49ers organization right now. Yeah, I mean you still got the same general manager. He wanted to go away from that regime. You got a new coach. Frank Gore's out the door. And and this I will say about the 49ers, the 49ers, another team that draft well. Mm-hmm. Because you lose Frank Gore, you got Carlos Hyde. Patrick Willis is retiring. And I'm, they probably didn't plan for him to retire, but they – knew that Bowman had a serious injury, and they drafted somebody that could replace Bowman and Chris Borland out of Wisconsin last year. And Chris Borland and and Willis played great together last year. So now Bowman, who didn't play at all last year, has a chance to come back healthy this year. So you got his replacement. If Justin Smith retires, they drafted Tank Carradine, who's going to be his replacement. So Trent, Trent Bulky, you know, him and Harbaugh couldn't work it out, and I think that was a disgrace. But I will give them this. And they added, they brought back Tom Gamble after the Eagles let him go. So Trent Bulky and Tom Gamble now are back working in the fold for the 49ers, and they do a good job of replacing us. They drafted Aaron Lynch last year. You know, Aaron Lynch was the guy that, took playing time from Amad Brooks, and Amad Brooks was bitching and moaning last year. They still got Alton Smith. They drafted the year before that, two years ago. They drafted Eric Reed from LSU. They drafted Jimmy Ward. These guys know what they're doing personnel-wise. They're going through a facelift right now. But at the end of the day, what's going to matter is the next coach that's in line. Can he get it done? And also, the quarterback position, because I said it, let, the wide receivers wasn't an issue last year. Vernon Davis was getting open. Crabtree was getting open. Brandon Lloyd was getting open. These guys got open. Colin Kaepernick couldn't get them to football. That was the issue. So if Colin Kaepernick can't get it done, regardless if Vince Lombardi was coaching, it's not going to matter. I mean, 
it's that simple. You know, it's, it's just that simple. Like, to me, for the 49ers, in, in um, you know, I was talking to a, a San Francisco 49ers fan, my, my my brother uh, Ed Braswell, and he and he was saying that we draft, you know, and I called him to pick on him, and he said, you know, we we ain't like y'all, we draft well, and and you know what, I'm sitting there, I was thinking about, I'm like, man, you absolutely right, they got people to fill all those positions except the most important position, and that's the quarterback position, and and if and if Kaepernick can't get it right, it, I mean that that's gonna be the issue. That's going to be the issue for the 49ers is what, what Colin Kaepernick will you get? It'll be a complete issue. And I'll tell you this, heading into this draft this year, if the 49ers say in the third round draft Bryce Petty from Baylor, that'll let you know how much they really feel about Colin Kaepernick, point blank period. This new this regime under Tom Sula and Bulky and Tom Gamble back in the mix, if they go with a Bryce Petty in the third, fourth round, then that'll let you know exactly how much confidence they got in Colin Kaepernick. For Colin Kaepernick, the deal that he signed, and that's the reason why a lot of people said it wasn't a smart deal, but the 49ers knew what they were doing. It was a year-to-year deal, and there was a chance that they would be able to get out of it, you know, on a year-to-year basis. It was very smart on their part. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely, it was because looking at it now, it, it's looking like just one of those things where you're like, well, maybe they wasn't so sure of him from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, then they also added Tory Smith, four-year deal, forty million, a wide receiver that could, that's going to take the top off of the defense, and that's something that they missed last year. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they definitely missed that. But at the end of the day, it's going to all be on if Kaepernick can get those guys the ball, and he just didn't do it this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, definitely agree, man. But um, people, we was all in all football today. Um, March Madness, not the actual tournament, but the conference tournament. Um, have started, you know, we got some teams that's in the tournament so far. But, I mean, this week, you think about it, in a week in which we got the NBA heading down the stretch, we got March Madness, the conference tournaments and stuff starting both men and women. The fact that the NFL in their off season was just free agency, was just able to take over. I mean, you got spring training bait baseball and all that, the NFL 24-7, 365 rules the sports world. But listen, I mean, that's, that is why it's the conglomerate it is because it's it's just, I mean, it's the biggest thing. It's the most intriguing thing. Like, I, like I, you know, I tell you all the time, I'm a, I'm, I am a bigger fan of football than I am of basketball, and that's the, that, that was the sport that was my profession. And, you know, the thing about it now, like now we're getting reports, you know, and uh, Peter King is reporting that there were other teams, you know, multiple teams involved in trying to get Sam Bradford. And, and and this is what I'm trying to tell people that don't watch football or don't watch the Rams. 
it is so hard to get a quarterback that you trust. And that's why everybody was probably trying to get quarterbacks that you can trust. Yeah, I mean, bro, I I talked about three quarterbacks that could possibly be stuck for. Castle, Ryan Mowat, Brian Hoyer, Josh McCown. Four quarterbacks that could be possibly starting. Yeah, and you talking and you talking about that. Listen, the Houston team is a team that you know people think can make a push and try to get into the playoffs. Matt Castle in in Buffalo, another team that could possibly be making a run for the playoffs. And this and this is what I mean. Like, if you could get a guy that you know can do whatever it is, I don't care what nobody else say. You got to try and do it. Uh, you got to, man. You in a league with 32 teams, and it ain't 32 quarterbacks that can play, man. Nope. Point, point, period. And that's why a lot of – that's why a lot of guys – Will a lot of teams will overvalue a quarterback, and me being being who I am and what I do, I just don't believe in overpicking for a player for need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the board is the board. I mean, you had a Christian Ponder situation, Blaine Gabbert, EJ Manuel. You you overpick for guys that didn't belong in the first round, and then look where it gets you. It has set your franchise back. Jake Locker, another guy. Jake Locker, the end the show. Been in the NFL for four years. Was a top ten pick. Shouldn't have been a top ten pick. The year before he got he, if he came out the year before, they was talking about taking him first. You know, what I mean, some people were talking about taking Locker instead of Andrew Luck. You know when they both was juniors. I mean, you you when you Vince Young. I mean, I can run down a list of quarterbacks that have yeah. been drafted: Achilles uh-huh. Smith, Heath Shuler, Ryan mm-hmm. Leaf. When when you miss on these picks, when you overpick a guy, when you reach for a guy that don't belong in the first round, Joey Harrington and Andre Ware, David Klingler. The list goes on and on. And yeah, it ain't I'm, just black. Absolutely. And for the record, people, it's not just black quarterbacks, David Murphy. You know what I mean? For the E.J. Manuel, um, Brett Hundley uh, comparison of the night, guy going to say, oh, well, you draft Brett Hundley, you get an E.J. Manuel. Why? Because they black? No. Well, then tell me why. Give me the strengths and weaknesses of both players, mm. which, he could, which he couldn't do. Because he's a complete fucking fraud. You know what I mean? Don't sit and like he's the same thing that had with um Fran Tarkenton. Oh, he he said somebody was going to be Jamarcus Russell. I think he said Jameis Winston. Really, Fran Tarkenton? You a Hall of Fame quarterback, but you that stupid. <laughs> I mean, seriously. When Fran Tarkenton retired, he had all the records, most touchdown passes. Most completions, most passing yards. But the easy thing for him to do is compare one black quarterback to another co- black quarterback just because they black. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, people take the easy way out all of, all the time. But hey, when I call people out on them, 
then they feel on it, they feel some type of way. And then, you know, David Murphy, like, I don't have nothing to prove to David Murphy. One, he's a baseball writer. He knows nothing about football. And this ain't the first time that he's proven that. I mean, he barely knows baseball. So don't step into my world. I see the tweet and I question you on it. And then you and, you know, all your flunkies, your 25,000 followers want to come for me. And none of y'all have made a valid point. Nobody has said and told me why Brett Hundley is the same prospect as EJ Manuel, other than they both six foot three black quarterbacks over 220 pounds and both can run. Yeah. I mean, because Hundley's a much more accomplished quarterback coming out of UCLA, a much different prospect as far as a passer coming out of UCLA than E.J. Manuel was. Nobody thought E.J. Manuel was supposed to be a first-round pick. I mean, he had fourth-round grades from a lot of people. I mean, and, and that's what you know, you got to see it, man. You got to see it. You got to watch the games, and that's just the most important thing. Like, people talk about so many other things, and it, it really just comes down to what your eyes see. You know, what your eyes see and what system you run. And if it's not a pro system, then it's going to be a struggle for the guy to ever run whatever it is that you're asking on the run, in my opinion. No, I totally agree, man. But before we go, Patrick Willis played eight years, seven-time Pro Bowler. In those eight years that he played, I can honestly say, in the last 25 years, he one of the top three linebackers that I've inside linebackers that I've seen play football. And even with just eight years of football, it's going to be a legit. He's got a legit shot of walking into the Hall of Fame, man. That's how good of a football player he was. And for him to be willing to walk away from the game at 30 and, you know, go out there and want to do the stuff that he want to do for um, young kids and stuff like that is really saying something. So I just want to commend him for what he's doing. And, I mean, Patrick Willis, it was an honor to be able to watch him play eight years of football because he got the damn job done. Won three downs in every football game. He a football player, plain and simple. Yes, indeed. All right, people, that's Sports Trap Radio for this week. Catch us on Friday starting at 8 p.m. with Sports Trap TV. I imagine we'll be talking more Eagles, more trades, more NFL, some March Madness um, heading into Selection Sunday, some NBA, and probably some baseball. The Ant Green is Brandon Pemberton. Y'all enjoy the rest of your nights. Thank you.